Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. Marshawn to DeBrusque. Marshawn scores! A pop-up deflection, and Marshawn fielded the bouncer and Patrice Bergeron. A thousand points for a one-in-a-million player. The second hour of Late Night on WEEI's KJ 617-779-7937. Text line... 37937. Let's just, I, you know, jokingly going into the season, I call this the old man tour, right? Like, it, you know, it, it's like when the Rolling Stones finally say, This is our last tour, or Al Smith finally says, This is our last tour. This kind of felt like with this team, like, this could be the last tour, like one year deals and new coach and old coaches out. And you're like, Okay, they're going to make one like rock and roll run. But could it be any better than what has happened? It's, it's really been unimaginable. And then on top of that, Pierre Bergeron scoring his 1,000th career point, giving it up to Brad Marchand on the goal. In fact, here's Patrice talking about like how, like even just how amazing that is that it's him and Marchand teaming up for his 1,000th point. You know, obviously, you, whatever way it happens, it's it's fine. But, you know, it, it means even more when it's a guy that, you know, I've been has been on my side for such a long time and has such a big impact on on the team but on also on my career yeah i mean gosh these guys go back to wood skates i'm totally kidding but this is the story you needed to have happen things didn't work out with cassidy and he's doing well in vegas good for him because i don't think it was a dismissal it was just there was just such a disarray at the front office and the communique going into this season were people gonna come back Cretchy came back from overseas, and you're like, okay, maybe they're putting the band back together. Maybe that's the music I hear at the garage. They're warming up doing some of their greatest hits, but no one expected this team. No, I don't care who you are. No one expected this Bruins team to start start this strong, like eight points clear of second in 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 the in the division. I mean, that's I mean, that's literally unheard of. But again, like I said, Bergeron and Marshawn, go back like wood skates, and, and and here's Patrice on if he remembers his first career point. Man, that's a good question. I remember my first goal. I don't know if I remember my first point. I'm not sure. I don't remember much, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure. Uh, it was an assist because I didn't score right away. So uh, I'm going to have to look that one up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not sure. I remember my first game. I remember my first goal. I don't remember my first point. 
Yeah, I have to look up a microfiche. Joe, do you know what microfiche is? Not a clue. Microfiche is before you had the internet at the computer, you had the internet computers at the library. If you wanted to find old news clippings, you would have to go get this thing called microfiche, which was a roll of film that would have the day's paper. You would just have to know the date. So you'd say, okay, Patrice Bergeron scored his first point on this particular date. So you go to the library and say, yes, I'm looking for the Boston Globe microfiche for this date. And they give you, and you sit in front of this like lab machine. It looks like a little, like a Xerox machine, but it like illuminates, makes the print bigger. So fortunate people are today. Now you can just type it in and pull it right up. But yes, it's been a while. But I can't imagine that it doesn't feel as good as it feels right now for this team, knowing where they stand and how they are the hottest thing in the league. Put this in perspective, because you remember how much pro- how many problems the, the Bruins had getting off shots and third quarter scoring and power plays? They have 40, 40 power play assists. As hot as the Devils are right now, and they've got an impressive thing. I don't know if you know about this, Joe. But the Devils are like 6-0 and when they've trailed in games. <laughs> I mean, they're on a 13-game winning streak right now. Right. So if it wasn't for the Bruins, all the talk would be about the Devils. But even the Bruins at 40, 40 power play assists are 15 more than the Devils. That's absolutely crazy. And we're talking about points. The Bruins at 208. The Devils at 190. Yeah, the, the, the goal differential right now, I'm looking at it. The Bruins have a plus 40, and the Devils have a plus 29. Look, here's what here's what the Bruins are doing right. The first and the third period. They're outscoring 2-1 to one in the first period. Damn near 3-1 to one in the third period. Remember last year, you'd be like, oh, man, they're up three after two. What happened? They lost by one. Like, what's going on? What about the other night in Tampa, like their weakest period, they put up like four. Well, hold on, because here's the thing. Last year, everything was about, okay, are they getting getting more shots on goal? That's all happening now. That Those things are going. Like this tour is worth buying the ticket to, undefeated at home. I mean, this is amazing, 12-0 and when scoring first. Only 1-2. They're 1-2 when they're trailing after one and trailing after two. So there are two losses when they're trailing after two. So literally every single game is pretty much in the bag. When the opponent scores first, they're five and two. That's crazy. Last year, that was just an astronomical number at how bad it was last year. I'll tell you here in a second. Because, you, you know, all the turmoil that was going on, was about why this team could not get its groove going, like, you know, when the game started. <laughs> yeah, when the opponent scored first last year, they were 14-16-3. and three. And when they were outshot by the opponent, 8-11-2. And, and if they trailed after one, they were 6-15-2 last year. Those days are over. Like, that's why, I, I, you might remember, I don't know if you were here, Joe, I said, look, even though Charlie McAvoy wasn't supposed to come back into December, I said, oh, he may come back in November because this thing is so hot. And damn if the guy hasn't got eight points in six games. I think that's what gets <laughs> overlooked is that there was no McAvoy. There was no Marshan. Uh, they had, like, all these injuries. And then, like, their second goaltender, Swayman, 
had to miss some time, and yet they're still putting up monster numbers. Well, th- the thing is, you want to get as clear as you possibly can as early on. Things are going to happen in the season. It's not going to stay as hot like this as it's been, but it's been going for a while. And the other part of it is, if you know you're beating, you're winning games at Tampa. In fact, play play the cut of uh, of a uh, 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 Bergeron, just really thanking, like impressed by Tampa's recognizing his achievement. Brad gets booed tonight before the puck is even on his stick. Like when it's going to him, they start booing him. You get a, an ovation. There's a lot of Bruins fans here, but you know, obviously the Lightning fans are involved in that. How much does that mean? Yeah, it's it means a lot. I mean, the fans are, are a big part of this game, and um, you know, it's a, it's a special relationship. Obviously, when you're on the road, it's um, it's great, you know, to, to play and, and, and see the atmosphere and the animosity and, and whatnot. But obviously, to to see that. Uh, it was it was great. It was, it was uh, um, obviously I appreciated it a lot, and um, yeah, that's as I said. You know, fans are a huge part of this game, and they make it even more special. Yeah, I I, I got it. I tease Tampa a lot about them being a hockey town, but I give them credit that you know, yeah, they're going to be Bruins fans there because I mean, how many of New England retirees do you know down there eating the Grand Slam breakfast every morning talking about? <laughs> I sure don't miss that cold. Be like, yeah. What about that big wave of water that won't stop? You know, there's some things. I, I've been through a. I've been through a hurricane. Obviously, I've been through a tornado. Obviously, like tornadoes are scary. That that'll make you pick up your house papers. Like I went through a tornado that just passed. That was like an F four and a half, like two fourteen. But at two, once it hits over like one eighty, you're like, it, you might have to call like somebody to fix something. And I've been through an earthquake. Now, earthquake felt like it was a wrestling match. It was like, wee, that's kind of fun until you start realizing, like, oh, my gosh, phone lines are down and stuff like that. But, yeah, down in Tampa, they appreciate hockey, and I give them credit for knowing the sport. And because of having Stanley Cup winning teams, you know, this is going to be a fight. And I think they recognize that, hey, this Boston team is going to be no joke this year. And as long as they just continue to maintain and, you know, you get good goal play, I mean, my goodness, like of all the top leading categories, like scoring, goaltending, like Bruins lead in three of them. <laughs> it is Linus and Linus, uh, Linus Olmark in two of them for goaltending and uh, Lampus Hindrome, uh, Lindr- uh, Hampus Lindrome uh, for uh, plus minus. I'm curious to see, though, like the upcoming schedule. I'm looking at it right now. They're in Florida, but then they have Carolina, Tampa, the Champs, Colorado, Vegas and yeah, Colorado I, I, again. But that's doing too much. I think the idea is rock with what you got going on. You're already at 34 points, and I think the next closest is at 26. The Devils are not even in your section of the of the of the conference. They're in another division. So let the Devils do what they do. Once you start getting towards the end of the season where what I, I like to call the the how it gets weird at a hundred points is if you start finding a situation, you saw it similar last year with the Panthers and with the, uh, gosh, who was the other one that had the, uh, that was just running away? The Panthers were running away with it last year. It wasn't Tampa because Tampa was the third. The Hurricanes, that's who it was. So when you start getting at those, you're running for 102, 104 points versus, you know, this is where you get that lead time. It's very much like in English Premier League soccer. Like once the team that's in first get six, seven points clear of the rest. Like, you literally have to go on a skid as, the, like, you have to go on, like, a three, four-game skid for those points to just be given up 
knowing that another team is not going to win every single game. So it's building inside of itself that the team is going to get a little bit tired. That's going to happen, right? It is, it's up there in age. It's like the second oldest team, I think, only behind Washington on the ice. So those things are going to have to be taken to effect. But some of the younger younger guys are stepping in. Uh, 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 the brusque has been stepping up as well with points as, and, and the assists. So as long as the younger guys can continue to maintain to keep the cake risen, that by time it comes for the show to really hit the road in the playoffs, it'll be maybe the most memorable run because of everything this team has gone through, ups and downs, since losing to the Blues in the finals. 617-779-7937, text line 37937, KJ Late Night, WEEI. All right, next we'll talk Celtics, but right now it's time to trend with Joe Braverman. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And the Boston Celtics who suffered their only loss in regulation here in Chicago four weeks ago suffer their second on the exact same floor. Just never got it going. Another double-double for Vucevic. 28 for DeRozan. 22 for Zach Levine. Late night, WEEI. It's KJ. Thank you so much for being here. 617-779-7937. Let's just call it what it is. Vucevic is the harvester. You keep that going, Joe. He's the harvester of sorrow for these Celtics because he's just snatching rebounds left and right. Offensive, defensive, doesn't matter. I'm just coming to take them. Take the size of your face. I mean, with a last name Vucevic, you'd have to put Metallica behind him. All right, there you go. Look, it's what I've been saying about the Celtics. Sexy when everybody's small. Kind of looking behind the curb when they get big. And I still believe that this is a Celtics-Bucks world when it comes to the East. But the Bucks have big people. And you would say, maybe the Chicago Bulls is the team that we need to start figuring out how to beat if we're going to necessarily beat all of Milwaukee, to beat all of them. Because Vucevic didn't have to score a bunch of points to be effective. My goodness, a plus 20. Now people say plus minus on the floor doesn't matter. But here's the thing. If two dudes got plus 20s and two dudes have plus in the teens, that means that when those four dudes were out there, the Celtics weren't getting anything done. Maybe that's a better way to explain it. You know, number heads just look at plus mine. I'm like, nah, here's the way to do, here's the way to explain it. 
that even though Vucevic only had 12 points, his 13 rebounds and 12 of them defensive and six assists, what were the Celtics really going to do with Grant Williams on them? There's nothing you can do. Even though Grant Williams had seven points and I mean 13 points and seven rebounds. I mean, like who Horford had no points, five rebounds. When I've always said when Brown and Tatum are your leading rebounders against bigger teams, that's a problem because now they've got to expend more energy grabbing the rebound and then pushing the ball up the court. You would want those guys to be ready to launch as soon as they get to half court or be ready to start setting up the offense where they can start moving and losing their defenders on picks and screens and rolls. But that's not what happened. And like I said, well, the way Marvin Bagley's played tonight for Detroit, I, maybe he's out. But I mentioned a couple of players that they might look at, you know, that's going to address some of that size. Like, again, it's not like you're trying to stop Vucevic from scoring 30 points. You're trying to stop him from snatching rebounds. And here's Joe Mazzola talking about, look, this is the struggle against the the struggle against Chicago is just it, they're tough. What is it about this matchup that's tough for you guys? It's the NBA. It's a good team. I don't care what the record is. They're you know Chicago's well coached and they're a good basketball team. So anytime you play a game, it's you know in the NBA, it's always going to be hard. So I don't know if it's necessarily that is they're a good team. They're big. I know you don't want to say that in basketball. They're big. Andre Drummond has become relevant in two games against the Celtics. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, Andre Drummond's in the league. Drummond's relevant again. 12 rebounds, four offensive It's kind in of 13 minutes. It's kind of funny looking at Chicago. It's it's kind of like watching the Celtics. Like They have two dynamic scorers, DeRozan and Levine. They've got energy coming off the bench. And Vucevic, no. you could make the comparison to they, Robert they Williams. No, oh, gosh, no. You could, like for a rebounding standpoint. No, because Vucevic is not out there blocking shots, outlet, stuff like that. That, That's not his game. His game is to take up space, and his scoring scoring skills have have diminished a little bit. They have. The whole idea with the Celtics, and and you hate to say it, but with M.A., you, you lock down defense, and the defense wasn't horrible until you get to the second and third quarter. You give up 35 and 32 points. And when you're doing that, that's saying, no, last year was like 24, 25, 26 points. Once it got to like 27, that was kind of like redlining. Now, you know, if you feel like you're just going to outscore these teams, well, here's the thing. You're going to miss some shots. And when you miss some shots and don't have size to go get those missed shots, because Robert Williams, you get the puck back. You're good for three or four lobs a game to roll to the rims. So Robert Williams could steal you 10 points, right? So different than Vucevic, it's, Hey, you would hope Vucevic can give you scoring, but in a game like this, he's not going to be able to run up and down the court with the Celtics. All he has to do is just stand still and wait for the missed shots. That's why the Celtics taking all those threes, you know, you're caught in this quandary. You have to take the threes because you don't have the size to go inside or you don't want to go in the trees. But at the same time, you miss these threes. Nobody's there to pick up, grab the rebounds. And if you do that against, against the Milwaukee Bucks, because Giannis is the guy that's big enough to grab the rebound better than anybody else on the floor and then run over everybody like a Mack truck. And the worst-case scenario for the Celtics in the situation against the Bucks with Jason Tatum missing a three, he's got to move backwards as Giannis is now running forward. Giannis is coming right at him. 
That's just going to be the thing, right? He's just going to take it right at him because if Tatum's out of the game, things are going to tremendously slow down from the scoring perspective. Jalen Brown can give you things from time to time, but you do kind of worry about the turnovers. He had five of them last night. So when when you're talking about the dribble, you know the dribbling that you saw in the in the finals from Jalen Brown, which was a point of contention. You know, he's reared his ugly head from time to time. But you know, I don't know if he's still dealing with some leg issues that have been going back and forth. He was dealing with a hamstring last year. Seems like it's popped up again this year. You know, but I mean, I'm not even mad at their three point shooting. They shot forty percent from the three for the both of them. But gosh, Horford was zero for seven for three with no points, and that's even worse. He's your biggest guy out there. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be this alarmist that, like, oh my gosh, it's their fourth loss and I'm losing my head. It's just that there's now a pattern that you see. Cleveland threw size at them, got a victory. Chicago's thrown size at them twice, victories twice. That's three of your four losses. Yeah, that's the benefit if you're looking at it on the positive side. Is you've lost four games, but they're the two teams. Well, but they both have the same similar construct, and that is size and let's just put it now here's the thing you would rather it been maybe one of those teams be it a western conference team or something like that but these are two teams that cleveland or chicago one of those two will be in the mix not at towards the top because if the celtics are the number one seed you may be looking at chicago maybe trying to play themselves into an eight seed yeah i mean at this point if you're the celtics you kind of would rather see the nets again at 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 at, at a lower seed going into the playoffs because at least you know they want to run, you know you want to run, you have better defense than they do, which they have none of, even though Ben Simmons is starting to come around with that defense. But you're not talking about dominating size where they are going to out-rebound you. You would feel that, hey, Jason Tatum going for a rebound against Ben Simmons, even though Ben Simmons is a tick taller, you still feel like that Tatum could probably out-hustle him there and because he could. But when you're talking about big mammoth dudes like Drummond and Vucevic, who when they rebound, like they get their breath back, <laughs> you know, that's when Chicago's offense becomes kind of, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine show. And the other two guys are kind of, you know, supporting actors. But for the Celtics, you know, look, it's a good start. A lot has happened. I'm not going to take away from that. That's 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 all very good. But here's Jason Tatum on, like, where he thought things went south in this game. Just didn't have a great start. Kind of playing from behind the whole night. You know, it was just a lot of little things. Some turnovers. Uh, felt like I had some good looks. Missed some shots. But, you know, just kind of a slow start. For whatever reason, and, you know, we should have known a little bit better that, you know, you know, they haven't felt great of recently. And they was, you know, not desperate, but, you know, they, uh, they came out and played like they really wanted to win. Yeah, if if there's something good to take away from this game is that Malcolm Brogdon has gotten right back on the bike and picked up where he left off. 23 points, 8 for 13 from the field, 5 or 6 from 3. Pate Pritchard held the the fort very well during that time, and I think for Pritchard, uh, I think it only benefits him down the road of how he handled himself in the call of duty. Uh, Of course, Marcus Smart just coming back as well, so with him having 8 points and you know not really having the game that you would want him to have, he had 8 assists. Um, but again, you know, he's still coming back from being tweaked a little bit. So uh, here's Joe, uh, here's Marcus uh, Brogdon on what it feels like being back and the shooting struggles that carry through the rest of the game as well. 
when the threes are off, it seemed like it kind of seeps into the defense even a little bit. It definitely does. You know, I think we're such a high-level shooting team from, from the arc. We rely on that, and I think we, we need more balance, especially if that can't, those threes aren't falling. If we're not making shots out there, um, we got to be able to play inside the arc and uh, still defend for sure. That's, that's one thing that can't slip regardless of how we're shooting the ball on the offensive end. Yeah, because if you're missing those outside shots and your size isn't underneath to take care of the ball to potentially even for putbacks or anything like that, it becomes a long night. And the Pelicans, they've got size. Well, I'm sorry. Well, the Mavericks come to town. Um, and and that's going to be one of those lower-scoring games. The, the Mavs have this weird dynamic to pull games down under 100. And I, I still think the Celtics pull this game out because it's really Luka by himself. Uh, but you have to watch Spencer Dinwiddie because that dude is sneaky. And if this guy is gets loose... Um, then you've got a problem with your hands. I remember being at the game last year. Uh, it was the game that Kevin Garnett got his jersey retired, and yeah. I was I was sitting next to a Mavericks fan, and we both were going back and forth of like, Dinwiddie is that guy. I think he actually hit the game winner uh, that led to the victory. Right. Now, in fairness to the Celtics, at that time, people were asking if Kevin Garnett could come be the coach. Right? So, like, <laughs> that was the other part. Last year at this time, it was a mess. So you you got Dallas, you then you got Sacramento. Sacramento's oh, no. hot, by the way. Seven straight wins, and they just beat the Grizzlies tonight. Well, that's going to be a fun game to watch because this is where you're not expecting to see defense, but they still have some long guys. You've got Sabonis you'd have to deal with in the paint. But they'll put points on the board. They put 150 up on the Nets last week. So And, and they won again tonight against Memphis in Memphis. Granted, John Morant was banged up. I don't think he played, but still. To go into Memphis and then Memphis kind of puts their they lay their hat on playing a bit of defense, so the score is a little bit lower. But they did get Memphis over a hundred. So Dallas, Sacramento, then you've got the got you. I still want to see the uh, the, uh, the bullets. But <laughs> you got the Wizards on Sunday, and then you've got the Hornets Monday, then Miami, and then a back to back with Miami, and that brings you into the first of next month. So with the NBA, which is I think a little bit different with hockey, where you know like suddenly I, I need to change goalies for today. Um, you got teams that you need to beat, but you also have tests on here where, like, you don't, like, Miami's going to be the size that you're going to have to deal with. Dallas has a little bit of size. You know, uh, Chris Wood is is nothing to play with down low. He can score, he can rebound, he can defend. So, you know, I mean, granted, when Robert Williams gets back, there there's going to have to be a minutes restriction when you're coming off of surgery for something that you put off the surgery to have and played through at a high level, right? If that makes sense, right? Like if he had the surgery last year, he would have missed all the playoffs. He'd probably still be coming back around, eh, probably around this time. But because he he gave it rest, played through it by addressing it, when you come back, you got to put him on a minute's restriction when he comes back. And that's why I think it's just going to be so key for the Celtics to start peeking around to see, is there any pieces out there that can give you size and rebounding on that second unit because Brogdon's going to give you the scoring. My goodness, he gave you 23 without flinching. you know. So if there's somebody who can get in there and grab rebounds, potentially get a couple extra second shots, I don't know, maybe in this Charlotte game next Monday, maybe you take an extended look at Mason Plumlee as maybe a, a kind of a rental player. Older, but he can give you 8-9 rebounds in a game over 20 minutes. So... And you don't have to worry about him, you know, including in the ball. You can get some good high screens through his body. You got size. You know, if Hor- if 
I mean, you could still even play Horford and him out there at the same time. If Horford wants to play spread out, then at least you still have someone down low. The issue right now is when Horford is playing spread out, you're depending on Tatum and Brown to get to the rebounding. All right. Big game Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. In fact, I've even let my family know that when we go for Thanksgiving dinner, like we're taking two cars. Because when the game comes on, I don't want to be like, hey, we're down here playing charades. I'm like, would you shh? So I, I will disappear from where we're having Thanksgiving and being able to. And plus, I've got a crazy schedule this week. So here tonight, then morning show, BetQL tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Then here tomorrow night with Mud at, for in for Mud at 6. Then BetQL Thanksgiving morning. And then BetQL Friday morning. So <laughs> I might curse. No, I'm kidding. I might bust a curse word. No, but but look, for this game Thursday, so much has to be seen. But if there's one thing you know you're going to see is this defense light up. Here's Belichick on his – listen to the, the, the confidence and excitement talking about the defense here. Bill, you told us about how talented uh, Zach Wilson was last week and looking at his stat line and watching the game yesterday. How impressed were you that the defense was as prepared as they were to be able to contain him? Yeah, again, it was, yeah, they did a great job. And, uh, you know, it's really team defense trying to, uh, you know, contain Zach Wilson and the running game and, and their skill players. And they have a good group of receivers and uh, tight ends. Obviously, we were very productive against us in the first game. Uh, but, yeah, defensively, we were, we were able to play good complementary football um, at all three levels on the line, at linebacker and in the secondary and, you know, they, they had a great day for us yesterday. Ah, so that's the complimentary football. He 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 specified the three levels of the defense. Because last week when he was talking about that skin of the teeth win, he was talking the pre you know, against Indianapolis, which was a really ugly win. It was just all defense and no offense at all. When he mentioned complimentary football, I was like, Well, clearly he's not talking about the offense. I think you remember that, Joe. But this time he specifies the three levels of the defense. That's a little more specific, and he's absolutely right. This defense has been lights out. Have we seen this before? Absolutely. We saw this last year. The team defense was number two in the league, I think went to even number one after the Atlanta game last year. And you know, some people are like, well, you know, look at the teams they played. They played Houston, they played Atlanta, they played some bad teams, but you know what? They're on the schedule, and you do what you're supposed to do. And I think for tomorrow's game, which I'll get into tomorrow when I'm here with Mutt, it has to be the thing that worries the Vikings the most, especially the way that they got beat by the Cowboys. That despite how many points and how good they looked against the Bills, it seems like, yeah, you beat the Bills last week, but what happened to you the next week? And right now, there's this kind of a confidence killer that this Patriots defense has, almost kind of like a grim reaper. You know, Indy comes in, Sam Ellinger, you will never want to play football again. (laughs) Franchise goes crazy. Zach Wilson, three weeks ago, said, yeah, we'll see him in three weeks. Now he's, he's probably a couple of practices away from being out of a job. And potentially, this defense can make Kirk Cousins look like the Kirk Cousins that I remember I used to see when I was in Washington. But the guy who... Led this team, led that Vikings team against the Bills team in a, an incredible game to someone that the fan base in Minnesota might say, I don't know if we can win anything with Kurt. 
The Patriots know how to make games ugly. In fact, here's Ty Law and Ty Law Tuesday, Greg Hill show this morning, talking about the ugly games. You know what? They hung in there and found a way to win, even if it was like on a, a, a walk-off punt return. I mean, they found a way to win, and that's good because at the end of the day, it all comes down to wins and losses. And Patriots, oh, that's two on the Jets now, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, hey, so that, that's two on the Jets. So that's, that, that, that's big time. So no matter – sometimes you got to get them ugly. Every, every time that we won, Wiggy, it wasn't always pretty. But at the end of the day, it gave us a better chance to go to the playoffs where you start a new season. And, hey – we won. Jets lost. Jets ain't going to the playoffs, as usual, and I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit of something dancing on the Jets' grave just when they think they've discovered the fountain of youth and they realize that their horse is pissed in their water. <laughs> I'm sorry. But look, you may start to see now the genesis of or the or the revelation of the ugly Patriots. Yeah, the offense is ugly, but boy, the defense is nasty ugly. The Jets made them look ugly three weeks ago. I think a good thing is if the offense is ugly, the defense is drop dead gorgeous. Hold on, hold on. Indy, ugly. Jets, ugly. They have to make the game with the Vikings ugly. Ugly. There's no offense to run up and down with that, that field. Don't be surprised that the game doesn't get a little chippy with Justin Jefferson. It it could it could get very interesting in the psyche of Kirk Cousins' head. Because let's say, let's say, and this is a real possibility, because as as high as people are on the Vikings, the Patriots defense is that team that can make that a 14-10 game. <laughs> The 12-6 game. It it could. And if that's the case, and they pull off another ugly win, do you think Buffalo will be as confident on December 1st on that Thursday night game? Oh, no. Because the Bills will start having flashbacks to what? The first game of December last year. Here's the genius of Bill. He knows his offense is horrible, and he's not throwing it under the bus yet, even though I'm asking, can we get a letter grade so we can at least all be on the same page and at least know what we got? But what he has is a defense that can mess up things that look very pretty and make him ugly very quick. I'm ugly and I'm proud. What the hell was that? (laughs) I thought you would have gotten a SpongeBob reference out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 I can't. I mean, not so much. Oh, yeah. The Patriots have become masters of making games ugly. Like to the point where your friends don't want to see it because the games are that ugly. But that's how Belichick likes it. If you can get it dirty and muddy and convoluted and confusing, he's the master at that. Kirk Cousins has shown himself to be gullible to being muddied and bloodied and discombobulated, even in that Bills game. Kirk Cousins was pretty much giving the game away, and they still won. I don't think that happens with the Bill Belichick defense, because once you make your consistent mistakes, 
<laughs> I think he would tell Matt Patricia, call three straight run plays. I don't care if they're for three yards. We will punt, and we will defend and just keep pushing them back. Like what happened in the first Jets game, where I think four of the Patriots' starting positions were in plus territory. That's absolutely sick. <laughs> that shows you a defense can make it ugly. Sometimes you got to get them ugly. Every- That's what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to get them ugly. Well, actually, I was the ugly duckling a lot of times. I totally understand that. But tomorrow, here on WEEI, I'll get into the defense. I'll really get into the defense and just show you how good this team is. And that if the Patriots have a chance to get to the playoffs, which doesn't seem as crazy now because the way the league is shook, the defense will be the story of the year. 617-779-7937, text line 37937, KJ Late Night, WEEI. we wrap up next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah. Late night, WEEI. It's KJ. Thank you so much for hanging out. Last hour and a half or so, if you missed any of it, Odyssey app is free. Just type in 93.7-WEEI. It'll bring you right here. You tell your smart speaker, hey, play WEEI 93.7 Boston. It'll play on your smart speaker as well. Uh, Look, just kind of talked about how the offense looks very stagnant for the Patriots, like the British soldiers did in 1775-ish, you know, when the colonists start to figure out, like, you know, wait a minute. If we don't stand in a straight line and jump out of trees and stand up on hills and Waltham and see these dudes coming, we we might be able to beat them. And I think the defense has definitely provided that type of spirit, but the offense has to do something. And at what point do we get a grade out of Belichick regarding Patricia's job so far? Just a letter grade. Just so that way all of us who've gone to school at some point in our life understands that if you have a D, that means you're barely passing. You're not failing, but you're barely passing. Or do you believe in that old trade, C's get degrees, D's for diploma? Because that's how I lived. I think... You see the dead silence. That yeah. was dead silence. <laughs> that's called dead silence right there. Yeah, like No, look, I, I mean, in all honesty, um, it's unfair to the defense, the performance that the offense has been putting out. And tomorrow when I'm in for much 6 to 10, I will kind of get into just how how good this defense is and what's been going on and how it, it, it really has to carry the team even more so than it did last year. 
where at times you were saying, okay, you can see growth spurts of Matt, like Mac, like where, where is Max Cowboys game this year? Like last year when eventually we lose the game, gets punched in the mouth, throws the interception, comes back, throws the touchdown, gives them a chance to get back into the game late. You say these are learning lessons, but how are you building on to those this year? Where is the Cowboys game? Where is the dogfight that that you had in the game against Tampa? And granted, you had some big things in front of them last year, like, okay, you replace Cam Newton before Cam Newton even steps on the field in the regular season. You've got to play a game in Tom Brady's return home game. The team was already suffering when that game happened. You play the Cowboys on national television. So you had a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, the defense and the run game last year carried the team across the finish line into the playoffs. Now it just feels like the backpack is much heavier this year for the defense than it is than it was last year. And the offense does not seem to be getting any better at all. Play calling, line play, decision making. You know, I think it's even costing the effectiveness of Ramondre Stevenson. And even Damon, it's like Damian Harris probably could have gotten you in the red zone if they were more creative. There was one play, that fourth down play. I just could not believe that play was called. You've got both Stevenson and you've got Harris in the backfield. And they decide to run Harris. I mean, they decide to run Stevenson left to the short side of the field. I'm like, why? I get the idea of having both backs because you have to figure but you would also figure that they are prepared for Ramondre Stevenson to get that ball, and he did. So the play calling has got to it's got to step it it's got to step itself up. Uh, Joe, are you having Thanksgiving on the road at home, family? I don't want to get too deep in. I'm not going to ask you like significant other because then that, that that's like HIPAA laws nowadays. Like back in the day, you'd be like, man, so you know, I mean, you know, on a scale of one to ten, how many girlfriends do you have? You can't do that anymore because they're like, yeah, no, it's just personal life and everything like that. But, you know, are you ready for a hearty meal on Thursday? Of course. Uh, I'll be heading to uh, my older sisters on the North Shore who lives a little bit down the street. And then for the nightcap, I will be in here with Fitzy and Hart uh, about the Patriots game and Pat's postgame. So it's going to be a fun day. Okay, so we'll be here tomorrow where we get bets to the future. I mean, I'm not betting. Bet, we did that tonight. Um, would you rather more likely to either or tomorrow? The annual Jive Turkey Awards, where they all get the the, the turkey nads, and uh, this year it's pretty good. Some some people you may recognize who actually get the turkey nads and the Jive Turkey this year. Uh, plus, we'll look at the slate of games for this weekend at BetMGM and the lines. Plus, of course, we'll talk about the Thursday night game. Um, that's very important at this point because it's one thing to say, okay, you beat the Jets and you beat the the Colts teams that are kind of struggling. And finding their way, the Jets are on their down downhill decline, decline that I think we all saw coming, even before, even at, even before the first game with them. Um, this is a legit bona fide playoff team, division leading team, and this game is going to be huge. I I mean that's what's, that's what's great about football. If you got a team with an interesting story, each game can matter because the Vikings have something, and it's going to be pretty tough to defend. So we'll hear more from Ty Law. We'll hear from Patriots players what their thoughts of preparation is tomorrow here, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. in Vermont for Thanksgiving Eve. I'm KJ. Thank you so much for being here at Twitter, at KJ Carson. Now, true story, I've had my blue check mark for four years. I probably should tell people that. <laughs> Actually, five or six years, so I don't even know how to pay for one. 
So thanks so much for hanging out at WEEI at Twitter as well. Joe, thank you for your hard work. We'll be here again tomorrow. Have a wonderful Tuesday evening, and I will be on BetQL morning daily tip 6 to 9 a.m. tomorrow on 850 a.m. WEEI a.m. Have a good Tuesday night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.